You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on-air host, Christopher Albert. Hello there, everyone. Happy Monday. You are listening to The Junk and Jam Hour. I'm your host, Christopher Albert. De La Roa. You are, of course, listening to us on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists, broadcasters, journalists, DJs, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right here, of course, from Brooklyn. It is Radio Free Brooklyn goal to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities. And of course, on the Jacket Jam Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of the most talented, groundbreaking artists, entrepreneurs, professionals of all kinds, all of whom who work hard, so very hard, to bring you joy. So I do my very best to bring them joy. And one of those artists today, my very special guest today, has always had an inclination for music, particularly musical theater, where throughout his childhood has taken part in masterclasses, intensives, and workshops, including Broadway Artists Alliance, the very top musical theater training program for young performers right here in New York City. Nevertheless, he has also studied the craft at the University of Miami and even earned the coveted role of playing Usnavi in an independent production of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Most Fabulous in the Heights, uh, perfectly combining his beautiful voice with his most impassioned skill set as an incredibly impressive MC. While his love for musical theater still burns on, his talent for spitting verses and filling in bars with fearless, provocative, and personal lyrics has inspired him to fully display his wordsmanship in his music today. In fact, his debut project, NEP, entitled Polaroid, set to be released this spring, that's very soon, y'all, includes the latest single, Confessions, featuring Camilla. It is an exceptionally revealing uh, track allowing his listeners to understand his past struggles and battles with alcohol. And of course, we all have our demons, right? His lyrics have been described as thought-provoking and captivating, exemplifying his main goal to touch the heart and ease the soul of others, hopefully making them feel less alone in this world, uh, including his work, his past work of helping to inspire an entire generation of young artists with his important work with children as part of the performer's playground camp. Uh, his music today, combining pop rock and hip hop into the new, uh, excuse me, into the raw emotions of his songs. This young, Florida-born artist and talented musician has already garnered over 30,000 streams and 25,000 unique monthly listeners on Spotify, of which y'all, he is a verified artist. Let's all get to know who he is, his journey, and his incredible music. Joining me now from Coral Gables, Florida is, of course, via Zoom, lyricist, rapper, singer, songwriter, wordsmith, officially known as Carter Nash, but we know him simply as pop rock hip hop artist, Carter. Hello there, Carter. Hello, wow, the Usnavi, uh, I didn't know that was gonna get right, that's incredible. Yes, we will talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this very Monday. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. I'm so honored. Now, you grew up, you you calling, you know, obviously, 
in Florida right now, but you grew up in Broward County, Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> yep, grew up in Broward County uh, uh, in a one of the suburbs of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Pembroke Pines, went to school in Cooper City, uh, spent all of my time in plantation in Hollywood, Florida, so really oh, all over okay. the county. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always like to say I did some time like I was in jail. I did some time in Florida. <laughs> Not in jail. Um, well, although I did, I think, for a few months in Apopka, which could seem like jail in Orlando. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, my partner's family's from uh, from south. From from um, well, I, I worked in Boca Raton for a little bit, and okay. also lived in West Palm Beach. So, not too far from you. How was childhood growing up there? Lots of sun. <laughs> Lots of sun and uh, Lots of happy people. Uh, happy people, uh, old people. Uh, a lot of Jewish people, which for me was great because I grew up Jewish. Um, it was, uh, childhood in Florida was interesting because it was, you know, both my parents are from the north. So my mom's from upstate New York and my dad's from Ohio. And, uh, uh, you Too know, radically different places. How, yeah, yeah. Right. And I, I grew up hearing about how the snow and the cold was the worst thing. And then I grew up in the heat. Where, and I'm like a, not a small guy, so I'm constantly sweating and I'm yeah. changing outfits yeah. all the time. And I grew up, so I grew up kind of hating the heat, which is you always hear, oh, you know, we live where you vacation at and Florida is the best. Not during the summer when it's 100 degrees yeah. outside yeah. with, you know, 90% humidity. So, well, you got, you learn, you learn that weather at the end of the day is just a trivial thing. Unless, of, of course. course, it's ripping off the roof of your home, right? That's when weather right. is really effectual. But, um, you know, I mean, everybody's going to find something to complain. But it's not the worst thing to complain about, right? Uh, no. I, like, if the worst thing I'm complaining about is the weather. I mean, You're I, good. I got pretty good. Yeah. So, um, I'm so mad at myself. I didn't even turn on the lights in the studio here. So, um, main area of study, you know, musical theater... You spent three and a half years um, working towards your BFA uh, in the University of Miami, but you always did musical theater. What about the arts and craft, the musical theater, resonated with you so much as a child? So when I was when I was younger, I started in theater uh, in middle school as an elective uh, because I couldn't play an instrument and I couldn't draw, but I figured I could I could you know play pretend. Um, and uh, as I grew older and kind of got more into it, I realized that it was kind of a, a form of, of therapy for me because I got to not be Carter for however long I was in a production, however long I was on stage. I got to completely transform myself and be someone else um, and kind of leave whatever I was dealing with at that time for an hour and a half, for two hours. Yeah. Um, and, and deal with someone else's kind of struggles and yeah. give them kind of the floor so I don't have to think about myself. Um, so that, that was the, the big attraction to, to me as a kid for to stay in theater and not just keep it as an elective and kind of go out and pursue it. it further. So, and, and obviously we're going to touch on this because escapism is a big theme, right, for you? Um, of course. <laughs> was there a specific story or score or piece of music or even a performer that touched you deeply enough to say well not only is this an escape but i can do that as well there were there are a couple of, of key moments uh for me 
the the first was really finding uh, you said we're going to talk about it finding in the heights and lin-manuel miranda mm-hmm. because i grew up not i wasn't a singer when i was starting in theater i was just an actor i didn't know how to sing i didn't have any kind of pitch uh, or control i had no i had never taken a vocal lesson um but i found my love of hip-hop early on and then i found in the heights in high school and uh, here was this leading man who was you know not he didn't have to sing a big tenor number he didn't have to to go you know he didn't have to rely on his his vocals as a singer but he was doing hip-hop which was like the music that i listened to in middle school and high school and you know there were all the influences of big pun and uh jay-z and the notorious big on a theater stage and i was kind of mind blown at that i thought this is you know in my head musicals were always like annie or oklahoma or yeah you know the yeah. golden age of, of theater and so you know, so you you weren't person. aware of the whiz or dream girls or i mean not i mean they were far and in between right aida yeah. and lion king even right the, the lion king i knew the lion king i think was the first live theater production i went to see when i was in like elementary school before i had even gotten on a stage yeah um but that was really the the closest thing to ethnicity being explored in theater that i had yeah uh and then in the heights really kind of blew that out the out sure the for sure well because i and, and, and i know that some people found fault in hamilton and telling another white man's story and and but when we think of lin-manuel miranda not just highlighting this you know skill that was born out of the bronx and 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 wasn't always culturally appropriate for mainstream um hiring giving giving other people of other colors of other representation of other cultures right could be jewish doesn't have work in theater right yeah and that's that's something that's even i mean we've made leaps and bounds from when i was in well elementary i i, I school think broadway is is at this point leaps and bounds ahead of the other sex other, but yeah yeah of course um but there's it's still a very talked about you know thing in our community um just with representation or with with um you know it's it's a lot easier for someone who looks like me to get a yes. role on Broadway well, than it is for some of my yes. my companions well let's stop i'm going to stop you right there cuz i want to i want to peel some of those layers off a little bit um first of all limen well um uh obviously singer songwriter rapper composer director producer <laughs> right. um author playwright pulitzer prize winner now right three grammys three tony awards an emmy a kennedy center honor i mean if you're going to have someone to look up to <laughs> right. that's the one right yeah. but um usnavi and and you know I grew up in New York City we know what Washington Heights looks like we lived in the heights literally and past and beyond and around dominican from new york city had immigrant parents um it, what was it about this character because i i know you played usnavi um what was it about this character that resonated with you so much it was uh, there was a uh, a bunch of things one was that i mean 
at the in the beginning of the show you find out you know abuela is not really his abuela and that uh, his parents had passed away and mm-hmm. he was adopted mm-hmm. essentially by this this woman this matriarchal figure and ding, ding. Uh, i was adopted yeah uh, you know like uh, the, i was a planned adoption so the day after i was born i was i was in my new family yeah um so immediately that kind of gave me an insight to the character um at least the way i was going to portray him which is you know he's he's doesn't he's not he doesn't have what you would consider you know a blood family but he's made his family out of his community. right right uh, which is something that i did very early on with my you know my group of friends who i still have to this day from middle school and yeah you know some of us go back to preschool yeah um and, and, and who i assume finding that family are all artists themselves most of them uh, a lot of them are most of them if they're not artists by profession they you know they did the the theater thing in, in high school or they they did band in high school with me um it's it's <laughs> the friend group kind of consists we have a filmmaker we have a theater producer there's me who kind of does all the performance side of stuff there's an aerospace engineer there's a lawyer and there's a business major all all people you need to run a successful production yes exactly <laughs> we'll be looking out for that um so now we we know how you know you can re- and by the way audience Calm down. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about his childhood. Relax. <laughs> um, but thank you for sharing that. Um, obviously, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, But you got to actually meet Lin-Manuel, right? Uh, tell us about I that did. experience. I've, I've actually met him three times now. Uh, the first time was actually down here in Miami at a production of In the Heights that he just so happened to come see. And you were in it. Were you in it at the time? No, I, I was just watching it. It was the first time I had seen the production. Got it. Um, and he ha- he sat, you know, the row behind me, three seats over. And then afterwards, obviously, everyone wanted to go meet him. And that first experience was very brief. It was, you know, a picture. And he said that he liked my iPhone case because it was it looked like an old Game Boy console. Um, the second time was at the off-Broadway run of... Hamilton. Okay. So when they were oh, in pre, oh, when they were <laughs> you know before they had gotten yeah. into um, the Richard Rodgers yeah. theater, and I when I met him there, uh, I, I got a you know a selfie with him, and I had passed him you know a note just kind of thanking him for for paving the way for artists like me who really didn't know where they would fit in in this industry, and then you see this guy who kind of made his own way, and that was you know a big inspiration for me as a as a high schooler. Um, and then the third time I met him was at Hamilton on Broadway with my friend, um, and we, you know, we met him at stage door. And my friend and I said, you know, we want to grow up to be like you. And then he said, you'll grow up to be yourselves, but it'll be amazing. Right. Right. And that you know, hearing that from from someone who I consider to be, you know, my biggest, you know, role model, uh, in that moment, kind of solidified everything that I had done up to that point, um, solidified, you know, my choice to go into college as an artist, solidified, you know, every, all the work I had put in into songwriting and working that craft. Um, just kind of, and he didn't know that I was any of those no. things. No, but now, but, first of all, you just answered my next question. If there was any words of advice that he gave you that still resonates and you still carry with you, so done. But, but yes, you know, as artists, you know, we say we don't need, I, I wouldn't say, 
we need the approval, but every now and then it's good to hear words of encouragement, which is different, right? Yeah. You're worthy. You're, you're doing the right thing. You belong here. This is what you're supposed right. to be yeah. doing. Whatever that is for you, you're unique. And whatever right. your voice and is, you find it. Because in the arts, we're so, you know, we're so used to rejection. We're so used to not getting the job. Which, uh, by the way, is a way to keep yourself accountable. You know you're in the... If you're not getting any rejections, you're not putting yourself out there enough. Of course. You know, 90, the, the job of, of being an artist is 99% rejection. If you sure. are at any number lower than that, then you're not doing enough. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, I mean, we, we have a whole conversation. And, and, and I want to talk... First, we're going to listen to your latest single, Confessions, with Camilla. Um, that's Camilla Loaiza. Loaiza. Loisa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, produced by our very good friend, Emanuela Sasson. I, yeah. And I always pronounce, I always want to pronounce her name like she's from like Puerto Rico. But, um, <laughs> mira, Emanuel, ven aquí. Um, <laughs> great song, by the way. So we're going to play that. And I want to talk about that because you have literally poured your soul into it um, in, in both delivery and of course in lyrics. So you guys, uh, you hang out, by the way. Don't go anywhere, Carter. You guys are listening to The Junkie Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is, is it just, Can am I just calling you Carter? Yeah. Just Carter with an X if you're nasty. Um, this <laughs> is Confessions. Some things I must confess Just to get them off my chest Reasons why I'm a mess Reasons why I'm depressed The reason I've been upset For these 22 years That I've been walking the earth I never knew the people Related to me by birth And that's the tip of the iceberg I've been drowning On the outside I've been clowning But on the inside I've been frowning I've got a disease inside that tries to kill me all the time The devil put him in there hoping I'd bite the line The sickness in my mind tried to take my breath from me Like a kiss from death I wanted more I was starving There was no crying out or calling up for help Cause I'm not addicted That's what I convinced myself I lost everything Trust, love and freedom All because the vodka whispered in my ear that I don't need them Being broken was a part of my identification Being mentally crippled was a welcome a sensation I couldn't face it that I was worth more I was sure that accepting defeat even the score powerless with countless hours wasted how is this worth my moral saneness And I'm okay living like that The thoughts I 
aggressive, nervous, emotional, so I'm fine Never see your face, but inside, man, I've been dying Trying to see clearly, but it's hard through all this crying I used to apologize for breathing, and I hate people for leaving I may fall off the deep end, but wait till they can see it Please watch me while I fall, I hope you don't remember me at all Please watch me while I fall, I hope you don't remember me at all It's sad to see the gravity and capacity It has to be proactively captured Till I'm its masterpiece I've been sick of living this life Dealing with strife Why the fuck you think I carry a knife? I've been fucked up for so long That I don't know what happy is to me It was to drink through the night Till I was blasted, kid I had happy but was too sick to grasp it I had my happy but was too drunk And I passed it I spent nights shaking But the heart that's been breaking But I should be in the pavement So I'll just lay and take it After all exactly what I earned with the person that I've been this is exactly what I deserve I've been a drunk been a psycho been a fighter been a liar been a punk been a fuck up been a hider fuck I'm tired these are my character defects the things about me I reset some of my regrets the reasons I should be dead that was confessions by Carter thank you so very much for sh that's a, a very Dope track, we must say. Let's get down to some of this, right? Uh, these are my confessions, even though I might regret this. When did you get to a point that, um, you know, you're being vulnerable enough to share this particular story, you know, um, in, in your case, y y the world, literally, right? Um, you know, your past involves these painful mistakes you know fuck-ups <laughs> when did you get to a point to say hey I i'm gonna share this and why now so it actually the, i wrote this song back in the beginning of april when i was in rehab actually okay um i wrote part i wrote parts of it there um and it was kind of it was really the only way i had to express myself in rehab um and uh, I sat on it for a while, and then uh, eventually I approached Emmanuel about, you know, working on, on some music. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had this, uh, we had this idea of just something that really laid everything out there. Because I was, you know, when I got out of rehab, I wasn't shy about telling people I had gone to rehab, that I was, you know, finally yeah. admitting I was an alcoholic. Um, I was I wasn't gonna shy away from it because it was part of part of my story at this point. Yeah. Um, yes. And there were so many people who were affected by it that you know while I was in the middle of my addiction I didn't you know obviously I didn't realize that I was affecting all these people that I cared about. Um, and I, I felt it was you know it was something I had to work a lot on um, to to muster up and kind of get the courage to show people because like you said I mean it is kind of a lot. Um, but it, it it was always a song that I you know Emmanuel loved 
loves the song. Emmanuel, was, by the way, Sasson is a great producer, songwriter, and of course, working with her, she's going to push you to be like, listen, you need to oh, really yeah. put it on, yeah, lay out the and, truth and, here. And we, we've been friends since I was in high school and, you know, she was in middle school. Um, so she's not afraid to, to really push me or when tell me when something's corny or tell me when something absolutely is trash. Yeah, um, which you need. So which really, which really, you know, brings out those raw emotions and stories and moments of, you know, the whole kind of process of, of living an addiction. Yeah. Um, and well, it, we, we just... No, go, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we decided to release it as the second single off the album because uh, at least for me dead love was kind of uh it's there still it's you know it's darker themes but it's a little bit happier of a song it's a little bit nicer and easier of an introduction um where and then confessions is kind of the complete opposite of that song it's really like you know dead love is about like you know the typical breakup uh it's about these things and then confessions is like here's my soul have it take what you will yes which obviously um, leads to the breakups, by the way, in Dead Love, which we'll listen to as well. Um, now, according to um, medicalnewstoday.com, because we're always reading that, right? Um, alcoholism is now known actually now as alcohol use disorder. Um, a condition which a person has a desire or physical need to consume alcohol, even though it negatively impacts their life. Um, right. Now, of course, some of the signs and symptoms. And, and, and were you doing any of these drinking alone in secret? Of course. Not being able to limit how much alcohol you consume, blacking out, yep. which I've done in my twenties too. I don't get um, lose. You know, you lose interest in your hobbies and obviously the people you love yep. that you used to enjoy. Feeling irritable when mm-hmm. you're not near drinking time and you don't have any alcohol near you, right? All yep, of that. You, I mean that it's. You know all these angry feelings because you have nothing to calm you down of course that's going to affect those people around you um and of course alcohol dependence can take years or can be sudden right um but let's talk about one of the triggers because you touched on it you were adopted Mm -hmm. um and and that's you know one of the lyrics you know you never knew the people related to me by birth that's just the tip of the iceberg, but it could be a trigger. Um, when was it revealed to you that you were adopted? I I get asked this question a lot. I don't remember. I've kind of always known. Okay. All right. So I, I don't remember a time where I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I remember specific, in second grade, I was sitting at my, my desk and we were getting ready for, you know, grand, a grandparents day thing. Um, and I sat there and I was listening to the teacher and they were talking about grandparents day and I broke down and my teacher was like, what's going on? And I said, so much well, I just remembered so- that my grandparents are never here for grandparents day. And then I remembered that my birth parents were never there for me. And I remember like as a second grader, that's a, like a, a big moment of like, yeah, none of your I peers guess. are even thinking about that. Right. Except for the girl in the back who gets abused, right? There's there's always a handful, right? Um, how did that, you know, that obviously affected you, right? Were you insecure? Were you sad? Obviously, you were depressed for a long time about 
lots of things but yeah, obviously these are one I, of the reasons right it affected me uh i mean it affects it still you know affects me it's gotten better obviously over the years um after that i you know i spent every night trying to figure out you know with my my parents you know why my birth parents didn't love me and why they gave me away and that was kind of a continuous theme through middle school and high school with abandonment yes. issues and not feeling good enough for anybody because i wasn't good enough for the, you know, the first people that i that i knew quote unquote um i wasn't good enough for my original family and that you know that led to a whole lot of different mental you know that that fed into the mental illnesses that i went on to deal with yeah yeah um so you talk about the suffering of a disease and 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 you know uh, um alcohol use disorder do you think that it's possible because i know i was <laughs> that you were predisposed then to addiction a hundred percent uh so i actually know for a fact that i was because i you know since before i made the song um back in my junior year of high no beginning the senior year of college the beginning part of that i made contact with my birth mom and some of my birth siblings um and i found out that you know my birth mom struggled with addiction went yeah. to rehab yeah um and i found out that my you know one of my siblings struggled with addiction um so it, and it, then i found out that my mom's mom struggled with addiction you know so it was so you were you know, there's this yeah there's this line of of um addicts in in my you know birth family tree that's you know it's going to end up being something that i struggled with and i i kind of you know i kind of knew cuz my parents um warned me when i was going to college that my birth mom had some struggles with alcohol uh i obviously and they obviously we didn't know the extent of how bad it got for her we thought it was of my for my birth mom you know we thought it was oh you know she had some 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 drug issues and alcohol issues and then you know that was i didn't understand how deep addiction could no get. right right you don't know uh, well you, you i mean i grew up around it growing up first grade second grade i knew what it looked like right. you didn't no. <laughs> and, no. and but then that's the diff I th it was kind of opposite like for me it was just like oh this is normal <laughs> for right. you you knew something was wrong but you couldn't put your mm -hmm. finger on it and obviously that and 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 not just that but you had a few issues that that overlapped right mm -hmm. so quite heavy material not just in life but also to put in and first of all thank you for sharing because you know you are helping other people to understand their own journeys in life that that, that other people will misunderstand as well you know yeah um so it takes you being courageous to be like no this is my life and i hope i can help someone else with it with this but do you find the genre of hip hop is the most suitable platform for this type of material it's did that influence like the type of you know i th i think so cuz i you know i grew up and and i think where I, why i gravitated to hip hop at a young age was i was hearing you know Tupac talk about you know his mom i was hearing you know Eminem talk about how he didn't know his birth dad and he wanted to punch him in the face yeah all, i was all derived you know, from pain yeah right and i was i was hearing these artists put together you know 
you know, masterpieces uh, about their pain and about the different things that they struggled with, whether it was, you know, the way they grew up or issues with their parents or, you know, what, what, what have you. It, it always felt like a genre that I could relate to because it was, it's so rooted in, I mean, it's rooted in so many things, but there's so much pain that you find in hip hop yeah. and hip hop songs. Um, and it was, uh, you know, I started writing, obviously, you know, in sixth grade, it's, you're not writing anything incredible. <laughs> uh, but it, was, it, was, it was kind of my, my therapy, you know, where I, I was, I was writing songs about uh, not having a birth, you know, not knowing my birth mom when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where it started. And it always felt, you know, natural. I was never going to put a song about, you know, I, did, I wouldn't know how to authentically put a song like with the content of confessions into any other genre. Yes. So, so you know, while we're on a topic, I'm going to skip ahead and we'll come back. Um, cool. Rap, of course, rap, hip hop, um, and, 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 and that specific genre, the foundations of what we know as modern rap. Um, as we know it today, is inclusive of uh, West African griot tradition, which is still used today as a form of communication. Um, you know, vocal styles, blues, jazz, funk, uh, 1960s African-American poetry, right? Um, the modern use of rap itself originated in the Bronx um, in the 1970s. And back then, it wasn't a genre. It was just a cultural movement. Right with the block parties and everything. Yeah, um, and you know you're at you're young. You're at an age where now the lines have been completely blurred. Um, right. Hip hop is now a popular genre. Uh, people of all cultures enjoy it, but you know that wasn't always the case. There's the sentiment that the ideas and concepts rooted in uh, black culture. Uh, can be easily appropriated and sold if you just slap a white face on it, which has been done many times. So many black artists feel, you know, you want our music, you want our clothing, you want our style, you want our voice, you want our beats. You just don't want us. You don't right. want the recognition of us to be the face of this. You yourself, in terms of inspiration for your music, you know, you you say you're inspired, and, and I hear it. You know, in terms of the music now, and of course, Lin Manuel Miranda, Machine Gun Kelly, Young Blood, John Bellion, all white lyricists. Right. Um, but you obviously you, you at least in this conversation, you know, you paid homage to your other inspirations, of course, Biggie, Tupac, in an industry where you can easily fake an image because that's easy to do. You can't fake authenticity, especially in hip hop which you obviously, you are authentic. You are an authentic artist. How do you contend um, with those who might just say, you're just another culture vulture, you know, you don't quite respect the art and which I, I believe you do of rap. What do you say to those? I know I gave you a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, that, it's always been something where, you know, any time I've performed in front of, you know, people or, or introduced myself as, oh yeah, I rap. They're always, oh, you're okay. You're a white boy wannabe or, you know, whatever. You have a lot and, to prove. Yeah. And, right. Which, is, but it's also, it's 
so understandable because it's it's music that's like you said it's rooted in you know black culture and it comes from years of of black music um it was the only way to express pain disillusionment uh what is someone who looks like me doing in, in the culture and that's or in this this style of music and it's i i think it really comes down to you know I don't want, I never want to come across as, you know, a culture vulture or anything like that. I think it comes down to the authenticity. I think if you're authentic with what you're doing and you're not pretending to be someone who you're not, you know, if I was making music where I was like, oh yeah, I live on, you know, I run this block and I talking about things I have no business talking about. Yeah. I would, you know, I'm, I'm obviously appropriating the culture and I'm appropriating the genre. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm talking about things that I, I, you know, deal with on a a daily basis. And it's something where I, and I think the beauty of hip hop is you can fit in more words and story into those lyrics than you can into a pop song. You know, I can't, I couldn't fit, you know, a pop song, the amount of lyrics in a pop song, I would probably fit a quarter of the lyrics that I put into Confessions. Just because I can say more, I can, I can. There's the the ability to articulate different words, and it's the it's a beautiful art form when you know when you think about it in terms of the art form. And um, I, I I really think it comes down to the authenticity. As long yes. as you're staying authentic to yourself, then yeah. I think for the most part, you know, there's always going to be people who say things. Um, but I think if you're authentic, then then and you, and you pay homage to the people who you know who started this then and i think i think you should be in the clear yeah and 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 and, well i don't think you have to worry about that in terms uh i only bring it up because i would be amiss if i didn't of course but now um but again you know because people will stereotype you it it works all types of ways right you know oh he's just oh you're gonna just be corny you're just gonna be a chip cheap imitation but that's mm-hmm. obviously not the case because you know and, and you certainly are authentic you are 100% authentic so we encourage everyone to give Carter a listen <laughs> um, so much to do and of course this is the place where it fits naturally for you as an artist um, right. and you know what so let's why don't we do this why don't we get into the next song? Okay. And and we're gonna share more of your music and, and we're gonna unpack that song a little bit because it 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 it, it blends, it ties some of the story together. We'll talk about relationships right. when, when getting back because obviously everything affects that. You guys are right. listening to the Jugga Jim Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am of course with rapper, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire Carter over here, and uh, we are going to listen to Dead love. Stay tuned. It's all cursed from here. I'm stuck in my head. My fucked up fears leave my love dead. It's all cursed from here. I'm stuck in my head. My fucked up tears keep my love dead. 
trapped in my mental prison Made that fuck decision I lost sight of my mission Now I'm sitting here missing you I should've told you death follows me Should've warned you of how I can be My pride took me away Now this is the price I pay Now every time I think of you I want you more than I can say But all my head can focus on Is how I left you there that day Never meant to bring you down Only tried to make you smile Stuck here feeling like a clown When the liquor hits I go buck wild I started falling but it doesn't matter Can't be together because I'm too shattered My head's torn and tattered Cause I'm mad as a hatter At this point just fuck what I'm feeling The monster inside me hasn't stopped reeling There was a time where I thought I'd be kneeling Guess I gotta wait till I spend some time healing You caught a glimpse of the villain I am You saw the way that I get when I'm slammed You saw the lowest mental point in the plan But you also saw some good in this man I know that right now I'm not well enough If we kept going then I would've fucked it up But I'll care about you till I die Cause I know that you honestly saved my life It's all cursed from here I'm stuck in my head My fucked up fears in a minute cause I don't wanna hurt you more life was great with you in it but I left it at your door and every day is hard that I don't get to see your face I was a fucking disgrace I couldn't keep to your pace keeping distance between us to give you your space I know you must feel like I was a mistake I spent every night since just lying awake I fell six feet down my own earthquake I grant you three wishes I don't have the lamprits I'll leave with the carpet I'll show you the land took me 10,000 hours to learn that I can't show the lady that I'm really more than a tramp it's all cursed from here I'm stuck You guys are listening to the Junkin' Jam Hour. Another dope track by Carter. Thank you, sir. Let's get you some. Thank you. Some applause there. You can't hear. (laughs) (laughs) But they're there. Perfect. So, uh, it's all cursed from here. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I want to ask you this before we unpack the song. And of course, we're having fun. Time is going by so fast. Uh, you aren't afraid to make your work so personal. And we talk, you mentioned this a little bit earlier about working with Manuel. How important to success for as a writer um, is it 
to write what you know? I think it's one of the most important things as a writer. I think it's the it's in my opinion it's the only way to make the music. We we think good. it's a cliche. It's one of the tenets of writing, but it's there for a reason. Yeah, and it's cuz it's it wouldn't make any sense if I was writing about, you know, everything you said you were talking about earlier, right? I'm going to roll up in my right. With my, uh, right. Although you don't carry guns, are you carrying knives, sir? <laughs> I, 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 I used to, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think I think it's the most important part of, of being a writer is writing what you know. It's it's how you relate to the people who are like you and who, yeah. who know what you know. And it goes back to being I, authentic, yeah. Right. So, uh, my fucked up tears keep my love dead. Sort of similar in theme, I think, because you're expressing uh, regret, some guilt. This time, it's, it sounds like it's over lost, abandoned love due to personal setbacks and struggles, the struggles we talked about. Did you feel because you had your own problems to contend with and your own issues, you were not worthy of love? I, um, <laughs> I, I don't think I was in a place where I could accept love. Mm. I think you weren't receptive, right? Yeah. I think I, I <laughs> spent a lot of time convincing myself that I, you know, oh yeah, I'm worthy, but I never really believed it. Um, and it's still something I, I struggle with today. It was obviously worse when I was, you know, in the middle of all of my addiction issues. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. I don't. I don't think I was. I was ready for it while I, when I hadn't figured out all the other issues that were going on. Right, and that's fair. So, even if you were ready, right? Why do you suppose? Because we've all done it. Even when you know you have someone supporting us our achievements you know regardless of our flaws why do you suppose that we oftentimes go to the easiest thing which is self-sabotage i think and i'll speak for myself because i don't want to speak for anyone yeah else, of course for me, <laughs> for me it was if I, if i i can hurt myself and i can handle that later but hurting someone else is you know, one of the most unbearable things for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I went to, you know, obviously I went to, to drinking and I went to, you know, not handling my, my, my depression and my anxiety. And I, I let that just happen because I figured, well, this is going to hurt me more in the, in the long run than it's going to hurt them. Obviously it's, it's wrong. Um, but that's the crazy way of thinking about it that, that I had. Yeah. And I want to ask you, cause I didn't ask you earlier, you, you know, in one of the lyrics, um, and, and, you know, they blend, uh, you talk about, I think I hit rock bottom. What was that rock bottom before? What was that moment that you said, oh, no, I have to check in. Uh, so actually the first, when I went to rehab, I didn't, I, I still didn't think I had a problem. My parents checked me in. Got it. Um, thank uh, you parents. Yeah. Uh, that's love and it's it's one of those things where i wrote that lyric and i thought i hit rock bottom and boy did i did i not okay um okay i i 
for that that rock bottom that I wrote about in Confessions was, you know, realizing after the fact that I was in denial of being an addict and having to go to rehab, and that was my rock bottom at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, then I had two stints in the psych ward because I had relapsed. Okay. Um, and then I was, you know, it got to a, it's, you know, it I was takes living more in than halfway house sometimes. Right. And I was living in halfway houses for I was living in halfway houses for the last seven months. Um, yeah. Because you can't stay here if you're going to continue this way. Right. Yeah. Um, And uh, it it took the stint in rehab, the two stints in the psych ward, seven months of halfway house, and uh, my, my, the job that I had, which was, I I was transporting dead bodies for funeral homes. Mm. That was, you know, it took all of that to, to get to. Yeah realize like that is all of this combined is the rock bottom yeah yes because you are afforded every day this new gift and, right. and you're just wasting it right and i'm i'm spending it not that you are and... going to realize that because you're escaping from it <laughs> in mm-hmm. the booze yes right um so i can't be together because i'm too shattered I know you said for you, you don't want to hurt people, but is it unfair (laughs) to be the one for that to be solely your decision and not the other person's? Are you just being stubborn? I I probably am just being stubborn. I think that's that's the Jewish in me. but yeah, I, I come I over here. I want to fix yeah, yeah. I'm being stereotypical, <laughs> guys. I, I don't think it's ever fair for it to be one one person's decision. Um, but I made it my decision. Yeah. Uh, for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this. You caught a glimpse of the villain I am. You saw the way that I get when I'm slammed. But you also saw some good in this man. Have you finally come to see the good in the man you are? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing glimpses of it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, with every day that I, that I am sober, you know, I'm, I'm finding different moments. It's still something I struggle with, but, you yeah. know, uh, f- I'm finally, like, learning that I'm good at this music thing. You're great. Um, You're excellent. <laughs> Uh, but and and finding out that I can that I uh, you know this thing that I've put so many years into is not just like oh it's not for nothing it's like it was all practice to get to here yeah. um, and uh, you know find it's dif- different you know little moments in each day I'm like oh you know that's that's kind of a good thing about me and I'm I'm starting to see some of the good that you know a lot of people saw in me when I couldn't see it. Yes, yes. And, 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 and that helps you to get there. Definitely. So now, um, wonderful music coming up. You have your EP, Polaroid. And, 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 and yeah. tell us a little bit about that. We're assuming it's, it's you just laying it all out there for the rest of the music. Yeah. Uh, I was, we were trying to come up, uh, Emmanuel and I. I'm assuming uh, one of the songs talks about you on the other end. Somewhere does, yeah, in the middle, maybe. Yes. Uh, so we were, we were trying to figure out a title for the album and, 
Emmanuel said, you know, describe it to me in a sentence. And I said, well, it's like a polar, it's an audio Polaroid of, of the last, you know, three years. Snapshots of and, this little journey you've been on. Yeah. Right. And that immediately was like, oh, that's, that, that's it. And, you know, the rest of the album is, it's, um, it, it is just me kind of laying it all out there. There's, um, uh, you know, a song that, that's, you know, darker than confessions, in my opinion, on there. Um, there's another song that has to do with with uh, my birth mother, and then there's 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 a song that is the final, you know, um, kind of the final other side. Uh, and that other side is that song. That's the other side. Actually, I wrote it was I wrote it right after confessions. Yes, we um, back in the day. You know, when Prince used to do it and Stevie Wonder used to do it and the Eagles used to do it. It's called concept, you know, conceptualized albums. <laughs> they have right. a concept. Yeah. It all fits, right? Yeah. Yeah. We like. So how has the reception been so far? I mean, you've blown up on Spotify with just one song. We love yeah, Confessions. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of crazy because like Dead Love, you know, it did like 300, 300 something plays and... Uh, on just Spotify and it was really you know there was a lot of just my friends and them sharing it and then uh, you know I I ended up on the release radar on Spotify and then you know I checked it the next day and I was at 12,000 and then you know the the following day was 27 and then this morning it clocked in at Thirty-nine thousand, and now oh, it's at like forty-four. My news is already 000. out of date. Yes. <laughs> yeah, now it's at forty-four thousand. That's great. It's, it's it's insane. I thought at first I thought it was a glitch. I thought my my like Spotify artist app wasn't working, and it was just like blowing the number up for some reason. And then it's been it's been taking off, and so the reception for that song has been, you know, incredible. And I've yes. I've received so many messages from from you know friends and parents of friends who are just you know blown away by the like you said the kind of the um the the brutal honesty of it yeah um, i mean because people have children who are going through it they might not know how to understand what they're feeling or what they're going through inside and, right. and, and and that's the other side of it too it's not just for those people who get it it's for those who right. don't yeah. Who can't understand it because the people who are going through it don't know how to articulate it, but here you are articulating it for them. Right. It, I mean, it's even something that helps my parents. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they listened to it when it came out and, uh, you know, they're not the biggest fans of, of hip hop and, um, me swearing, obviously, <laughs> uh, but, but they heard the song and they, you know, they, they said it was, you know, it's, oh, this is what, it, this is what's going on in your head. Yes. You know, because it's I can't always articulate it, and you know when I'm yes. just face to face with them, uh, they heard the song and they were, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense now. Yes, and 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 along your journey, I don't know how long, a few years ago, you partook in Performers Playground in Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to read one of the comments left that I found. Okay. Uh, you gave my little sister a summer she will never forget. Thank you so much for your kindness and incredible talent. You know, we you, we talk about, and, you, and you've had things to go through since then, since this message, since this work you've done um, with young artists, and, and now you're 
you know you just keep inspiring others um does it make you feel any different to know you know you have to be present to affect people's lives in a positive way otherwise these people who need you won't won't get that message otherwise right it's yeah it's it's always there was something about working with performers playground and i did that for three years and we did like two weeks before covid hit and you know killed everything yeah um but it, there was always something different about working with the with the kids um because yeah. you know my vocal coach started that business from my vocal coach from middle school and high school um who's like my second mom and uh, we you know we started that four summers ago with 15 kids and then the next that. summer there were 32 I love that. and then the next summer it was a full camp um and there was you know it was one that was one thing where no matter how difficult it got it was like the one thing where i didn't ever feel like i had to go home and drink or i had to go home nice. and, and, and nice. you know self-medicate it and was so, so obviously covid affected that as well right yeah definitely <sighs> not any well we, we're glad you are still not that you're not struggling anymore right I mean, there's this, right. I mean, I don't always agree with it, but my mother just made 25 years of sobriety today. In oh, fact, congratulations. so, wow. but you know, she's one of those who like, oh, it's always going to be a struggle. But I'm like, really? You're not over it yet. <laughs> but yes, you know, just keep yourself reminded of how far you come. We're so happy for you. We love the music. Um, we can find you for everyone who can find you. We can find Carter on Instagram at Carter Music. That's C-X-R-T-E-R -E Music. Same thing on TikTok. I have to get up on that. Yep. Uh, Carter Music with an X. Uh, your website is cartern7.wixsite.com slash music. For everything we do here, you can find us at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And for everything I do, you can find me on junkandjam.com. Uh, thank you so much, Carter, for sharing your music. This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.